Nicolas Cage is probably one of our generation's definitive actors. Hello and welcome to Cage Fighting. It's your main man, Andy Gillard here. And I hope you're wishing us all a happy birthday because that's what's going on this week. Hi everybody, Matt Guy here. One year older, definitely not any wiser though, sadly. Hope you're doing all well. It's the experience. That's the factor. We've got, we've got a year's more experience of doing this and hating nonsense and watching stuff all at the same time. But yeah, I mean... When we started doing this two years ago, and we kind of joked saying we could literally do this in our 50s and 60s, and we couldn't quite easily do that anyway. <laughs> um, but to have that kind of that milestone of two years is still quite insane. Yeah, it is, isn't it? I mean, the only difference between then and now is the fact that we're actually allowed outside now. That's all that's really changed. We've still got a shit ton of Nick Cage films to get through. We could really do with him retiring as soon as possible. No. Oh, we do need an end point, don't we? <laughs> Just so we can so we can switch it over to cruise control or whatever we're going to call the <laughs> Tom Cruise related podcast <laughs> that it becomes. Yeah, that's it. Well, I suppose we could do Willis, couldn't we? Next, because we've got a start, a middle, and an end. That's true. Yeah, so maybe that's one to uh, to think about. Uh, so, obviously, because it's our birthday, we're just going to have a look back at the last 12 months' worth and redo our top five, bottom five lists. So, since this time last year, we have watched 15 Nick Cage films. We've also watched a couple others. So, we've done, like, uh, The Batman and we've done Doctor Strange, Spider-Man and other films that I've forgotten. Probably <laughs> Zack Snyder related because we always seem to. So we started out with Wild at Heart, which Stu said this will go below next because he hated it that much. We then did Trespass, Seeking Justice, a film so bad we spent 10% of that podcast talking about clonic irrigation. <laughs> <laughs> we did The Weatherman. Uh, Stu gave a spoiler on this one that it could be second in his list. Matt, you said this is the biggest, biggest sleeper film that we have watched. We then did Season of the Witch, Stolen, Vengeance, A Love Story, uh, with the absolute worst child actor we have ever seen. Matt, you likened that to the Lizzie's Pizza, because it's really <laughs> bad for you, yet weirdly satisfying. We did Mandy, Pig, which obviously we've spoken about at great length. The Family Man, Stu said, was a Christmas classic. Yes. Matt is in the strange category of films with Captain Corelli and City of Angels, but I should hate it, but really enjoyed it. Honeymoon in Vegas, Primal with that CGL Jaguar that looked like it was rendered on Windows 95, Vampire's Kiss, The Trust, and then Birdie, where Stu said this is possibly the worst film we have seen. Before that podcast came out, uh, the scores were... 56 good to 43 bad. Me and Matt were both on 17 to 16 in favour of good. And Stu, you were 22 to 11 <clears throat> in favour of good. So like you, you were well and truly flying the flag yeah. for Nick Cage. Uh, it started out pretty shaky. 
So the first one, two, three, four, five, six, seven films, he only got four goods. <laughs> <laughs> the rest wow. were all bad. Yeah. It then picked up a little bit and we had several goods. And then we've just had Vampire's Kiss, The Trust and Birdie, where the three of us have been, n- none of us have like agreed on anything. We've always had a one saying good and at least one saying bad or vice versa. So the scores as they stand there were 80 in favour of good to 64. So it's a similar gap to what we've got. Stu, your gap has narrowed a little bit from 11 to 10 points. You're 29 to 19. Matt, you are well and truly on the fence. You are 24, 24. Wow. Yeah. And I have gone for 27 to 21. So it's starting to pull away a little bit purely because I think I went for good on Vampire's Kiss and Birdie. And Wild at Heart, whereas one or even both of you said bad on that one. So for that run, I was 10 to 5 in good. And both of you were 7 good, 8 bad throughout that run. So it's been a bit of a, a mixture of films throughout that, uh, that that period of time, I think. and Very, very much the Wolves 21-22 season. <laughs> <laughs> <we> really <laughs> Absolutely. Right, so what we'll do, we'll start off. Um, any of the films during that period that you had high hopes for, but the delivery was low? Stu, I'll come to you first. Uh, I mean, a lot of these could, a lot of these could fit in. I mean, high hopes for Season of the Witch, just because it, it was always one of them that intrigued me. And I, I don't know why, um, because you look... You at... like a sword and sandal kind of film. You're a Lord of the Rings fan, so I, I get yeah. it. I understand why you would. Yeah, it, and it, it's just, I mean, it, it was never, it's never going to tickle the bottom, so to speak. Um, but it's, um, it was just so, the promise was there and it, it was just kind of ruined and it, it was mm. sad. Um, same of it with, I say Primal, but we had a bit of a laugh at Primal. Did, so yeah. I don't think they intended that to be the case to start with, but yeah. They were the two that stood out for me because, I mean, the rest of them, I mean, Pig, obviously, it was the different films what we expected. So we can't, yeah. even, we can't even rank that. But yeah, out, out the, in the last 12 months, them two were the ones where I thought, yes, I, I can't wait for this. Like mm. Mandy the year before. Um, and then look what happened with that. Matt, was there anything you were excited about watching and then... Felt let down by? Uh, well, Vampire's Kiss was a very different film than I thought it was going to be because I didn't know much about it, but I knew in, over time that it was a, a, you know, a meme factory, mm-hmm. um, but I just didn't expect it to be the film that it was. I don't think it was like the worst film in the world. And in the second half or, or, or the final third, it definitely picked up, but I, I was expecting something very, very different. Um, and I guess... I guess World at Heart as well. I had an expectation in my head about what it was going to be like. Um, mm-hmm. And then it was what I thought it was going to be like, but on steroids. <laughs> it was it was like, it was way more Lynchian than, it, than I realised it was going to be. Mm. Uh, mine was Mandy, purely because I'd seen it 12 months before and enjoyed myself. And it wasn't the same film that I remembered. I, I don't know why it didn't work for me on, on repeat viewing. It just didn't. I mean, it was a really good performance from Cage, 
which is probably why it's not going to like trouble either my top or bottom five because of that. But I wanted so much more. I wanted it to be that film that was going to sort of be banging on the door of the top five. And it, mm. it never quite made it, unfortunately. I think, as we said at the time, if they knocked out maybe 25, 30% of the film, it could have been really good if it was just a bit snappier. And it was just a bit of a letdown. So what about the other way around then? So you had low hopes, but the delivery was high. Matt? Um, I don't know about low hopes, more about no hopes, really. And I had I had <laughs> zero thoughts of it at the time. The, the weatherman being one of them. Um, and the trust as well. Now, spoiler alert, the trust won't trouble my list. <laughs> but the, the trust itself had no right to be as good as it was. Um, it, it was a real surprise that I will go back and watch, which I can't say the same for 75% of this crop <laughs> of films. Um, the trust was a real surprise and a pleasant surprise at that. Yeah, absolutely. Stu? Same with The Weatherman. That was... I think because no one talk, ever talks about it, even when I was on the, the crossover, that there was, it was mentioned a few times, but no one like held... The the way we hold it in such high esteem doesn't seem to be kind of reciprocated everywhere else. And well, the reviews were very middling for it, which is quite surprising because it's a lovely film. Yeah. Um. So I mean, we kind of juiced all over that in that that review episode. I mean, it, and rightly so. And again, for me, Family Man, like you said in the in the build up there, mm. it's it's added to the Christmas roster now forever. <laughs> I, I I generally really love that film, and I, I can't wait for four months time to watch it again. When in a proper setting, um, oh, and time. <laughs> <laughs> to be fair as well, Vampire's Kiss, because for the same reason that I <laughs> thought we were going, I didn't know what it was. What it was again, like Matt said, but I went <laughs> in thinking that oh, this is again going to be awful, not knowing that it was a comedy. And then as soon as you kind of realised, I thought, oh yeah, this is genius. And like we, we yeah. said, we've said many times. I mean that. Just the scene where, where he's using the, the upturned sofa as his coffin and it, it streams of, of tear laughter down my face. Yeah. It, just superb. It's an absurdist masterpiece, isn't it? Yeah, yeah, yeah absolutely. Um, I think because I'd seen Vampire's Kiss and The Weatherman before, I, I sort of knew what to expect going in. So, so mine is The Family Man. I mean, as you know, I don't really care for Christmas films or Christmas in general, to be perfectly honest. But I really enjoyed myself watching that film. It was heartwarming and quite funny. And we got that bit of an arsehole cage at the beginning. He learned a lesson and came out different at the end of it. I said it was a nice Christmas film, which I, I wasn't expecting because of Trapped in Paradise 12 <laughs> months prior. <laughs> so, yeah, The Family Man for me was um, it, it well and truly it kicked its coverage. So I think we'll do our top five Best films of Nick Cage, first off. Um, last time out, mine were Willy's Wonderland, Mom and Dad, Raising Arizona, The Rock, and Bad Lieutenant. Uh, that's five to one. There's only one change in my top five, and I don't think it's a surprise to say that Pig is now number one. We've spoken ad nauseum about that film. I think it's a really special movie that touches on a lot of important themes that we will all experience if we haven't already experienced through our lives. Um, it's more than a good film for me. It's an important film that talks about the human condition. It's heartfelt. It's devastating, yet also hopeful at the end of it. 
it's as close to perfect as anything we've watched starring Nick Cage. So obviously that that's my number one. Um, the other film which I had gone back and forth on was The Weatherman. I think if this was a top six, it probably would have been in the uh, the sixth position, purely because I had such a good fun time watching Mom and Dad. Um, the Weatherman is just a wonderfully fun and silly film with a lot of heart. I think it's probably a better film than Mom and Dad. I just had more fun, and this is our favourites rather than the best films. So, yeah, Pig's gone in at number one, everything moves down a place, and sadly, and I feel kind of devastated to say that Willy, Willy's Wonderland has fallen off the list now. Stu? Yeah, mine, mine has slightly altered. Um, I mean, to be fair, there's only one. The, the top, and it is Pig. Uh, but Pig is now my number five. Um, Oof. replacing Conair. Um, so I'm keeping four at Colorado Space, three Raising Arizona, two Face Off, and one The Rock. And I had The Family Man, The Weatherman, Vampire's Kiss was on there, and Willy's Wonderland. All as if we were doing a top 10, they would all be in there. But mm. yeah, Pig, <laughs> you got to find a place for it somewhere. And I mean, the others, I mean, Raising Arizona was one of them where. I couldn't believe until we watched it, we didn't even mention it. Mm, yeah, <laughs> that was a travesty on our part. Um, but yeah, I, I I spent a lot of time, more time thinking of that than I should have done. <laughs> um, but yeah, I think over time, probably face off it would will probably drop out eventually. But in the all time list of ones, it, if I, I want to choose one now to go back, or oh, what's your top five? This was the top five that I had on the crossover thing a month ago. Mm. Still the same now. So I'm sticking with that for this year. Super. Matt, is your top five looking wildly different? Uh, there are two changes in there, but I think a couple of these are of the of just the benefit of time as opposed to anything else. Because mm. I, when I'm just thinking back now, there are some films that really I really enjoyed and there are some films that I think were harsh that they don't make the list and it's just, I don't know really, but so um, from, from five up to one, I've got the weatherman at five um, because this film I thought just brought out, it was so real and the, the human emotions were so relatable in, in, in this for a lot of the people involved. Um, but then to flip it completely on its head, my number four is color out of space because it was so different it was mm. so unexpected and it was so visually like appealing um number three is bad lieutenant which i think was my number two before um putting pig at number two um because i really you know we, i don't need to go into details about pig if anyone's listened to this already they'll know exactly why leaving the rock still remaining at number one and the rock remains at number one for, for two reasons one because i really enjoy it but number two it's also that fine line was not fine. It, 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 it's that ultimate list of being the casuals, one of the casuals favorite Nick Cage mm. film and my favorite Nick Cage film. Like you was to give a list of Nick Cage films that everybody should watch that is easily accessible. And they'd have heard of the rock would be on that list as well. It just so happens that it's also one of my favorites that he's done. Um, so for that reason, I've stuck that at number one still um, because it, I, I, you know, at the end of the day, Sometimes you need a film to make you cry. Sometimes you need a film to make you laugh. The Rock just has a special place. It's just, it's just a dopamine, it's just a dopamine factory for me. I think. 
It is. It's one of the few films of Michael Bay which doesn't rely purely on big nonsense explosions. There is actually like a core to that film that's quite loving and sweet outside of just the madness that goes on around it. It's a mm-hmm. really good, well-balanced film, which isn't something I can really say about 99% of Bay's work. He's got it perfect there. And yeah. So we'll do our bottom five next. Last time, my bottom five were Pay the Ghost, Trapped in Paradise, Jiu-Jitsu, Knowing and Left Behind. Left Behind is never going to not be the worst <laughs> film that we've seen. I mean, it's one of the worst films I've ever seen, regardless of category. It's just fucking abysmal. But I think Pay the Ghost is going to drop out. It was dirge, but it was forgettable dirge. Like, it hasn't really left enough of an imprint for me to say that it's a dreadful film. It's just a boring film. Um, and it, the one I'm replacing it with might just be because of a recency bias. But Birdie was just like, I mean, it was a good performance from Cage, I felt. You two disagreed on that one. But the film itself had absolutely nothing. As we spoke about on the podcast, it was jumping back and forth between past and present. And the past never influenced the present. And the present never really made any indent on the past. It was just worthless. And because it was two hours long, it, it was tedious with it as well. So it was boring, it was soulless, it was just all round painful to watch. So Birdie flies into number five, uh, everything else stays the same. Stu. <laughs> Couldn't have said it better myself. Um, oh, God, Birdie. I mean, it's it's <laughs> the, one of the shittiest films I've seen in my entire life, without a shadow of a doubt. Mm. It's it uh, everything we said last last week or whenever it was a couple of weeks ago. It's just terrible. It there's nothing about it that's any good at all, and I can't believe that anything has beaten next. And it has. It's number. It's the worst film that we've seen in two years in my list. Wild at Heart is in there now as well. Um, and I've kept Pay the Ghost in as a legacy thing, uh, just because. <laughs> It pissed me off, didn't it, at the time? And mm. uh, things like Stolen, shit, but fun. Season of the Witch, the same. Inconceivable. It's nonsense, but it's... <laughs> yeah, but yeah. It's fun. still got... It's, every one of them has got redeeming factors to them. This list, five Pay the Ghost, four Left Behind, again, never leaving. Three Wild at Heart, two Next, and one Birdie. It's going to go... I mean, spoilers, next week, when we do this in a year's time, next week he's going on this list. Somewhere, um, <laughs> but I don't know where it's going to be at the minute because then that five is absolute shit. Yeah, it's 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 a black hole of badness, isn't it? That <laughs> <laughs> Matt, what have you got? So, um, pay the ghost wanders off into the ether to the afterlife because um, world at heart is my, is my fifth worst. Um, <laughs> It was just it was just a clusterfuck of, of awfulness, pretentiousness. It stunk of you've got to enjoy it just because it's a it's a famous hipster act uh, director kind of. It, it was just it was just awful, like from start to finish, terrible. Um, Trespass then snuck, sneaks in at number four. Um, what was the line? Your so your filthy lust or something was <laughs> was proper like made, made me giggle when I was putting this list together. Yeah. Um, Your filthy lust invited them in. 
That's exactly yeah. what it was. Well, they got invited <laughs> into fourth. Um, inconceivable then, next and left behind um, were my original three anyway. Um, left behind, it's it's so bad, but then it's actually offensive because it becomes a god botherer piece. Yeah. Like it actually be- it actually believes what it's saying, which was like I thought it was kind of poking fun at it, but no, it actually it believes that all of these things were, were, were what they were saying. Isn't like there's a second one, isn't there? Coming like left behind again. They're, they're <laughs> trying to uh, crowdsource it because obviously no studio wants to touch it. But yeah, there apparently there is a crowdfunding going on to get that one up and up and flying. I mean, because I think I believe it's based on a series of novels. Okay. So I, th- there's like precedent there for more to go on, and I mean, if I, Nikki if Nikki Whelan's in it, I'll watch it. <laughs> but um, I'm yeah. gonna, I can't promise I'll enjoy it. You're more likely to I mean, get Nicky Weaver at this point. <laughs> <laughs> we have seen two Nicky Whelan films during our, our stint doing Nick Cage, and they do both feature around the shit end of the, oh. the cage. So maybe we shouldn't be talking about Bruce Willis. We should be doing Nicky Whelan films <laughs> as we go forward. <laughs> Yeah, okay. So uh, I've got a new category. Uh, it doesn't have to be the top five or bottom five or, or in any particular order. But I want to know the five films that you shouldn't like, but yet you do. Hmm. So they can be so bad they're good. There can be films which have got no redeeming features, but you still enjoyed the ride. It can be films which go against everything you love about cinema, but you still this still gets through your armour. My five... I've got The Wicker Man. I know it's awful, but I can't stop thinking about Lily Sobieski when she giggles at nothing in that one scene <laughs> or when Nick Cage drop kicks her out of nowhere. It's bonkers, but it's just really good, silly fun. I've got City of Angels, which is 100% not my type of movie, but purely for the line, we were made to fit together just after they'd had sex. That's the cheesiest line I've ever heard in any film. And then after all of that, she fucking dies. It's it was hilariously shit. Number three, inconceivable. It was a baffling movie with some of the all-round worst acting we have seen from an ensemble cast. Everyone was dreadful in that film. It was silly, pointless, and quite aimless, but for the pure batshittery of Nicky Whelan, it's on this list. Trespass. Everything that I've just said about Inconceivable applies to this. It was exactly the same, but it was three times more ridiculous. It was like the insane performance from the smackhead who was prancing around upstairs in her pants for no reason. The strange guy who thought he had a relationship with Kidman. The awful scripting, the terrible acting. It was a masterpiece of ridiculousness. And Vampire's Kiss is is up there as well. There's a reason this film has lived on via its memification in spite of being really quite shit. So there are my five films that I shouldn't like, but I have really enjoyed watching. That's uh, that's uh, I was getting really worried then because other than Vampire's Kiss, that's exactly what I've got there. <laughs> and that's that's, that's never, incredible. It's never ever happened ever. And the, the, mine would be um Season of the Witch just because it is swords and sandals bollocks. And yeah, it, it was very good, but it was still, it's still one of them. Um, and I shouldn't like it because it's not. I like good versions of that. But yeah, I, I can't believe that. <laughs> That's incredible. <laughs> yeah, Matt, what have you got? 
So, I mean, this this probably should have its own name anyway because um, it's the Captain Captain Carelli's mandolin list because it's exactly that. It's, it, it, that that one is exactly it for me. Captain Carelli's mandolin. I shouldn't like it, but I do for some bizarre reason, and I'll go back to watching it um, again. Um, the same with City of Angels again, maybe because it's got Captain Raymond Holt in it. That helps. Um, it does. Helps. It, it does help massively. But then mm. the family man. It's everything I dislike about a film. It's fucking Christmassy for one, <laughs> and it's like they could ri- they could jig the trailer around to make it like a Hallmark film, and it would be believable that it's a Hallmark film if they did something funny with the trailer. Yeah. Um. And there's absolutely no re- like reason why I should like it because that's just not my kind of film at all. Mm. Um. I think on paper I didn't like and the trailer and stuff for um well the trailer was very different for adaptation but i actually really liked it and that came out of my top five um for this list um and then i think for 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 the other one that there's no discernible reason why i should like it but i did i had a really good time was it matchstick men yes um i had a really good time with that looking back on it now i think i gave it Um... a bit more i think i give it too much stick but like when I think back on it now, I thought, oh, yeah, it was a pretty good film. They had a good plot twist. There was just some high emotions at stake there for the characters. And I think, actually, it was all right, to be fair. And I probably, at the, at the time, I didn't give it as much credit as it probably deserved. It's one of those that just stays with you, isn't it? Mm. Yeah, lovely. Superb. Right, so that's our lists done, and we're off to celebrate our birthday in style. Doing something. I don't know. Probably the Gifford knowing us, let's be honest. <laughs> Absolutely. So next week we're going to be discussing a film called Firebirds or also known as Wings of the Apache. Um, It's available for free on the YouTube, so give it a watch. It's 80 minutes long. You may enjoy it. I mean, if you like Top Gun, this is a film in a similar vein, so who knows? So yeah, come on and get us uh, get watching that while you can. I think we should put put it out there just while we've got a bit of time on our hands uh, because I don't know if by the time we get to a question cast if it'll even be in cinemas anymore. But Top Gun Maverick is deserving of a watch, especially ahead of if you can watch Firebirds before you watch <laughs> Top Gun, you can compare the absolute worst to the absolute best. Yeah. Well, I was thinking about it. I have watched three films this week, and I've watched three versions of Top Gun: the original Top Gun, the Top Gun sequel, and Firebirds. It's all exactly the same fucking film, <laughs> but just in wildly different quality. It's incredible. <laughs> I'm so, actually, I'm almost on my third watch next week of uh, Top Gun: Maverick. Really? Yeah. Oh, that's incredible. That is impressive. Sure. That, it thought, is fun. It just. It screams 4DX, and I need to watch it in 4DX before it goes away. So, mm, I'm thinking that. I'm not. I, I will try and get there to watch it on the super screen if it's still in that one. Uh, but other than that, I really enjoyed it. I thought it was a great summer blockbuster film. Exactly what you want. Leave your brain at the door and just enjoy the ride. It was great. Yeah, agree completely. It yeah. was. I think I put on on Twitter. It's as close to a perfect blockbuster as it gets and the key word there is blockbuster because i'm not telling you it's going to be you, you know it, it, it's going to be an intellectual stimulation anything like that but it's close to a popcorn turn your brain off 
enjoy everything from a visual and audio point of view. You mm. have to, like, I know you didn't, but you have to see it at the cinema for anyone listening um, in the biggest, loudest setting you can because, like, some of the, the 4DX stuff, though, right, the quick sidebar before we finish. Oh, she's not an elderly woman at work, but an older lady, like, mid-50s, maybe early 60s. I don't think so. Accidentally went to 4DX. <laughs> not knowing. And... Um, <laughs> Yeah, she like she was like, oh, the, it was over the water, and I got splashed in the face. <laughs> and I, like you said, like you might snap your neck if you're four yeah. DX on this. Yeah, I mean, I'll, I'll, that was my my fear that it might be too much. But then people who have seen it in four DX said it, it's almost made for it. In the same way that Avatar was made for three D back in the day, mm. like it goes together mm. so well. Um, and I've had varying, varying degrees of okayness in 4DX. I mean, I watched um, Multiverse of Madness in 4DX, and it was it was pointless. It just annoyed me. Um, <laughs> but there was no need for it there. But for this, with planes and water and whatever else happens, um, it's just asking for it. It needs to be done, really. But I think when I came out of it, and I, I said to you today, I, in the, I said, it's a perfect sequel and a great film in its own right. And I think... I, I underestimated how well it'd go down. <laughs> mm-hmm. I knew it'd be successful amongst people who who loved the first one, but it, it's gone completely. It's gone into a world of its own. Yeah, absolutely. Like, like you said, I knew it was going to be successful, but as I said to you, does it need midnight showings on the the day of release? Yes. And it turns out it absolutely does. Yeah, completely. Um, like it, it's infinitely better than the original. Well, the original's good, don't get me wrong, but it's a seven. I'm not going to say it's a masterpiece, it really isn't. But this is as close to brainless action, summer blockbuster perfection as you will get. Yeah, I think it's excellent. It's probably a seven now, but you take yourself out of it and put yourself in that that era at that time. Mm. The reaction of that we're having to Maverick now is probably what they had then. Yeah, quite possibly, yeah. Hmm. Definitely, but I think this one might stand the test of time. I imagine it's already like probably within the top two fifty on IMDb. Last time I looked, it was at a eight point seven, which I think is going to be up there anyway. So mm. interesting, very much so. Right, so please make sure you've got us on the socials at Cage Fighting Pod. Uh, emails to Cage Fighting Pod at gmail dot com. Uh, please make sure you subscribed, and if you could leave us a review, we would love you forever. So for this week, Matthew, would you like to say goodbye? Goodbye, everybody. I hope you enjoy our birthday as much as we will. Thank you very much for listening over the last two years. Stuart, would you like to say goodbye? Yeah, go and enjoy the danger zone while you can. Ta-ra. It's goodbye from me and a big thanks for joining us on this thrill ride, joy ride, misery ride somewhere, I don't know. (laughs) But yeah, thank you for being there. We truly appreciate it. And remember, be excellent to each other.